Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We are so excited to be with you guys today, and I, uh, we were talking about this podcast uh, just before we started. Really excited to help talk about what's going on in our culture today and take it back to a Christian worldview. And our belief in this podcast from the very beginning has been that the Christian worldview is superior. And, and we don't say that in, in like some uh, egotistical, cocky, uh, prideful way. That's not the spirit. But but here's, here's the truth. We should be looking for what makes the most sense uh, in the world around us. And when you find that and you find a worldview that fits reality and that gives you hope, uh, then you know you've stumbled upon the truth. And, and our, our belief for this podcast is Jesus is the truth. The scripture is true. Uh, what God has revealed about reality is true. And if we embrace that, uh, we will find the answers to the problems that we're you know, faced with in our culture today. We'll find a worldview that is intellectually satisfying, that fits, that's logical, that makes sense, that's rational, and that gives hope. And, um, and that, to, for us, is Jesus Christ and the biblical worldview. So I have no problem <coughs> saying enthusiastically, we have a superior worldview. I would compare the, the Christian worldview with any of the other isms that are out there yeah. in our cultures today, uh, because this makes sense and it gives hope. And that's why we're here today. We are hope dealers, mm -hmm. and uh, we're spreading the hope of Jesus today. Yeah, we're also, you know, people who consider all perspective, you know, oh, and, and, and we have thought through a lot of this, you know, from my perspective, I grew up as a Christian, but, um, I was never introduced to Christian worldview. I knew that it worked on a personal level. Right. But when I see the world around me, I'm like, okay, how does this apply to the world? When I was introduced to Christian worldview, it really helped me understood the scripture is not just about our personal lives. It's a reflection of the greater culture. Yeah. And, you, and you bring out a good point. I think there's a lot of, <laughs> of us who were raised in the church, we realize, okay, we believe in who Jesus is. He rose from the dead. Yeah. He's my personal, personal savior. savior yeah. But what about the rest of the world? And I, you know, I used to, when I was a youth pastor here at Livingstones for, for about a decade, um, we had something called the College of the Cause. And for seniors, I would teach them biblical worldview, mm -hmm. Christian worldview. And I would blatantly tell them, if you can find something in this life that makes more sense than what I'm teaching you right now, if you find something that's that's more true yeah. than what I'm trying to more fulfilling, yeah, more fulfilling that, that is more intellectually satisfying yeah. than what I am sharing right now, please reject all of this and 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 go. Like I'm not doing this because I'm getting paid big bucks right. to do this or yeah. something. Now salesperson, I, that's yeah. right. I I I believe this with all my heart. Yeah. And if there was something more true, then I would be foolish. To continue to, to embrace a worldview that was false. In other Absolutely. words, we're, we're pursuing truth. Right. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus isn't just personally satisfying and personally true. He, he's true about all of life. Right. And that, to me, is an exciting message. Because oh, there's something counterfeit, something superficial, something hypocritical about saying, oh, this is the ultimate truth, but it only applies to me personally. Right. Out there, I'm not going to really talk about that. Right. Because uh, to me, just instinctively, I was just like, eh, it's not, it's something wrong with that. And that's the environment I grew up in. Right. And when I really learned biblical worldview, I felt like, wow, this is now truth is truly aligned. And world, the world for the first time makes sense to me yeah. from, a, from a Christian perspective. Well, you know? I, would, I would literally watch these young people. And at the time, they were meeting in my basement. And I had a basement full of seniors. And when I would talk about how Jesus is like, for instance, Lord of psychology. Mm -hmm. How Jesus explains human beings better than any other. Skinner, Marx, Freud, you know, all these people. I would literally see these teenagers' eyes 
get big because they realize, wow, we just talked about uh, B.F. Skinner in our psychology class, and now you're talking about him here, and you're showing us how yeah. Jesus is smarter than B.F. Skinner, you know, that Jesus understands human nature better than B.F. Skinner or whoever that, you know, th uh, secular theorist was. And I, what happened is their eyes would get big and they'd go, wow. Maybe the Jesus is bigger than I thought he was. Amen. And that's an exciting, exciting proposition when, that, when you come to that truth. So. And, and these worldviews and these ideas leads to action, leads yeah. to things that we have to do, that we, we, we need to do for the, for the sake of our community, for our nations. Absolutely. And it's something actually happened in the State House coming up. Yeah. Yes. Yes, um, I'm excited about this. There is uh, a day of praise and prayer and repentance and action that I have the pleasure of being a part of with a lot of other great Hoosiers from across uh, our, our wonderful state. Um, we're going to be standing up against medical mandates. We're going to be standing up against uh, pornography in our schools and some of the materials that are in our, our public school system, the public libraries across the state. Are, you'd be shocked if you knew about that. But that's not just the action side of this. We've got a couple great state representatives who are going to be speaking. Um, we've got some folks that are going to be speaking about um, uh, the need for prayer and spiritual awakening and revival, myself included. Uh, and it's going to be a really great day. So I encourage you to join us. This is November the 16th. We're going to be meeting outside at the State House uh, in downtown Indy there uh, at the Capitol uh, from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. Uh, and it's going to be a great call to action again. Because why? Because we believe that Jesus is Lord of Indiana and that Jesus is Lord over the governments of men and that p public policy matters for all of us. Religious liberty is at stake. So many things going on in our nation today. So I really encourage you to join us down there. I will be posting not only on my Facebook page, but on our Living Stones social media. We'll be having the information here, including Sunday at, at uh, Living Stones Church. We'll be promoting this event. So if you need more information, please don't hesitate to call the church office at 663-PRAY, and we'll be glad to pass it on to you. Amen. So, hey, let's pick up where we left off last yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, last week we had a powerful, I mean, we started a powerful series really talking about counterfeit plans of salvation, counterfeit saviors, yeah. um, and how the human nature longs for uh, a crave for a savior, for a salvation plan. And we talked about uh, every worldview needs to explain creation, the origin of things. Right. Uh, it needs to explain why there's problem right. in the world. Uh, why is there what we call sin in the world? Yeah. And then lays out a plan of salvation. Right. And, and we have all these counterfeit religion, counterfeit plans of salvation uh, all around us. I, I, I don't want to call it religion because they come under guise of non-religious. Right. They seem like they're <clears throat> not spiritual or not, quote, religious right. like Christianity, but they're equally religious. They're, they're equally, they're religious in nature. Right. And, and even this, uh, even scientism, something we'll talk about later, itself is a, is a religion, the faith in science. Right. And so it seems non-religious, but they offer the same thing, a plan of salvation. And we talked about how they're counterfeit, how they, they come under the radar, they provide a nugget of truth, but just enough to kind of lure you in. Right. And then Christians get co-op and churches get co-op into these different things without understanding it because they don't, they don't understand the bigger picture. As you said, there, there's nuances there. And I think if we re reverse the tape here even a little bit, you know, we're talking about counterfeit uh, forms of redemption. Mm -hmm. Well, why, do we, why is there a longing uh, in the human heart for redemption? It's because we're broken. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, the Bible explains the fact that God created this world good. 
you know, he created us. Good. Uh, and so we see this mixture because we realize the world is not bad and people are not bad. Yeah. We're just fallen. Uh, we're not the way God made us. And so there's pain in the world, brokenness in the world. All you have to do is watch the, the evening news and you realize this world is messed up. So the question becomes, how do we fix it or how do we redeem it? And this is where if you, if you stray away from a Christian worldview... You end up out in la la land. Yeah. You, you end up having to explain number one why people are messed up, yeah. why the planet's messed up, and the bigger problem is who's responsible for fixing and what it. What do we do about yeah, it? Yeah, what do we do about it? Right. And I and, want to clarify the, the desire for a savior, the desire, uh, the awareness of what's wrong with our world, and the, the need and the, the longing to have a plan to save us. That's natural. That's right. that's ingrained in human nature. Right. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, what is wrong is what you turn to as salvation. And history has shown over and over again, those saviors don't work. Right. You know, and then right. that's what the counterfeit, and we need to be aware of those things. Yeah, and and so last week, you know, we, we were highlighting a great book, which is kind of becoming a, uh, a launch pad for some of our discussion, uh, and it's Chuck Colson's classic book called <laughs> How Now Shall We Live, um, and it is a wonderful treatment of a biblical Christian worldview, and then all the competing ideologies that we're dealing with. But but yeah. he brings up a, a, a phrase, and I want you to explain it for our, our audience today. It's called the escalator fallacy or the escalator myth. Of course, right. an escalator, if you go to the, when you're a little kid and you go to the shopping malls and you get on the escalator, it's kind of fun. It takes you from one level yeah. all the way to a higher level. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually let you explain because the nuances here, and you're, you're much better articulating what this is because the nuance does matter because in all these counterfeit there is a I would say a significant nugget of truth in there. That's why and they're so that's why they're effective, so attractive, and we we need to work hard to be able to make that distinction because it is so tricky. The Bible talks about how tricky it is. But what I want to clarify is today we want to talk about you know that that longing that that desire for a savior. Well, today we want to talk about that longing for heaven. For the kingdom of God to arrive. That when Jesus says, hey, I repent for the kingdom of God. He came in to usher in the kingdom of God. There is a real, very real sense of kingdom. And God's on his throne. And, and, and when his, his second coming, there's no more sin, no more pain, all that stuff. There's a very real longing for that. Yeah. But if you take Christ out of that picture, that longing is still there. So this is humans. I, I relate this to, to a Tower of Babel. That yeah. very long in the very beginning for redemption, for salvation, for a unity. kingdom, for unity, justice, justice love. for love, yeah. that longing. But when you take Christ out, what does that look like? And it manifests itself in, the, in, in this thing called escalator myth. So yeah. I'm going to let you articulate yeah. it. So, so we see this all over our culture today. We even have a party uh, or, an, or an element of a party. The Democratic Party has a branch called the progressives. Yeah. And, and progressivism is simply this belief that through human uh, policy, through government, through science, through whatever your, your means, you're going to help society escalate progressively yep. over time to higher and higher levels of consciousness or levels morality, of society, yeah. levels of Fairness, morality. justice, all yeah. that stuff. But, but, but the myth is that this can all be created or, or achieved through human wisdom, human planning, government, uh, government inter, inter policies. You know, uh, yeah, it, uh, but the idea, it's really rooted in, in an alternative 
uh, view of reality. We jettison God from the picture, and then evolution becomes the the guiding factor. And so, and then now, even you know, enlightened humans can actually play a role in advancing evolution. So it's not just any longer a kind of a random, mindless process. Right. Now, human beings can work towards evolution. Yeah, and, and, and this is one of the pet peeves of mine. Because now evolution, you know, having studied biology for most of my life, evolution is a scientific theory that talks about life, survival fittest yeah. to the nth degree. Okay, I'm not going to get into all that stuff. But this, they, they use the word evolve, but really this is not evolution at all because evolution is through genetics. This is like a social change. Right. And evolution by definition is uh, un... Um, it happens randomly. Right. This is not random. By this, this is by design. Right. So this is not evolution. So whenever people use the word, oh, I've evolved or this thing has evolved, what they're putting in is the underlining ideology of this escalator myth. That's why I, 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 when people say, oh, I just kind of evolved. I'm like, you didn't evolve. Evolve means you die, you passed on your genetic to your, your progeny, and there was mutation. And <laughs> no, you just grew. You yeah. changed. In fact, every time we talk about guiding evolution we're, we're proving that evolution itself is is a faulty idea because now we're recognizing that human beings can use intelligence and planning right uh and all of that which you have to ask what are the sources again yeah. of it sounds like intelligent design right there yeah, anyway exactly. now, this is, we're not going to talk yeah. about it but we don't want to confuse everything yeah, yeah. so what we want to do to get back yeah. on track here yeah. is we want to say the, this escalator fallacy yeah is a secularized version of the doctrine of providence yeah now, and what's providence? Explain you know, providence. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we had, you know, in our series about hope, we, we were talking about hope for the future. I talked about one of the foundational pillars of our hope as believers is the doctrine of providence. Providence simply says that God created the world, that he sustains the world, that he's ruling over the world, and that history, uh, as we experience it, right, in time uh, on planet Earth, History is moving towards God's preordained end. Yeah. In other words, it has a beginning. Yeah. It has an end. And this is where it captures part of our hope. Because we realize we're living in a broken world with sin and disease and, and despair and the demonic and everything else. Like this, yeah. this isn't the way God created it. So there's this longing in our hearts for redemption, for healing. Yeah. And that's exactly what the Bible says is coming. The world is not going to go from from uh, from bad to, to great. The world is going to be involved in this constant struggle of brokenness and pain. And, and the Christ kingdom broke into all that. And it brings healing and it brings redemption and it brings restoration. But we know the fullness of all that is yet to come. Right. That's going to come when Christ comes right. in his fullness to usher in the kingdom. Uh, and so I think a couple a couple key verses here I'd like to highlight just to establish this truth biblically. Um, it's this whole idea again that God sees, that God supplies, that God provides. Uh, providence is God's active provision and care. This is important in the universe he created. And it's important to realize God has not abandoned the world. God is still large and in charge. In fact, I look here, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. You alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. And here's the providential doctrine in Scripture. You preserve them all, and all of the angels in heaven adore you, all right, or worship you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. God makes everything work out according to his plan. Now, this is important for us to talk about because God has a plan. 
and Christians have always uh, found uh, you know you know consolation and comfort and encouragement in the fact that the world is not meaningless. Yep. The world is not arbitrary. The world is not random. The world is certainly not being driven by blind, random evolutionary principles. Yep. There is a God who is intelligent, who created the world right. and everything in the world, and who is sustaining planet Earth even now. So let's get into the counterfeits here because this escalator myth and, and really this whole idea of utopianism, which is the Tower of Babel, yep. right? Utopian. It's interesting that the word utopian literally means no place. <laughs> so, so I think we have to laugh here because the utopian dream, all these counterfeit utopian myths right. lead you to no place. They don't exist in reality. Yeah, all the attempts for utopia in the past historically has led to massive slaughter, death, destruction, uh, brokenness. Dystopianism. Dystopianism, yeah. So so let's, let's connect the dots here. So, all right, so you take God and mm -hmm. you decide... You're going to reject God. So, okay, so now we reject God. Well, you yep. still, as you said, you have to still have an explanation for origins. Yeah. So there is no God. So how did everything get Some here? material, random. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, so now if you, all, you, all you have is material, then here's the other things that you lose when you throw God <laughs> out. You, you throw out purpose. <laughs> mm -hmm. You throw out meaning. Uh, you throw out morality. Yep. You throw out anything that is ultimate about life or the individual. You throw out liberty. You throw out true justice. I mean, yeah. all of these things that we value and that are so much a part of our life. Inalienable rights. Oh, so yeah. your rights are no longer from God. Your, your rights are given. The social contract given to the government. Yeah, nothing you know? is transcendent. Nothing everything yeah, is nothing sacred. Yeah, everything yeah. is in uh, what's called imminent, which means this life. And so, mm -hmm. so okay, so now we have humans on planet yeah. Earth. No God, no purpose, whatever. Somebody's going to step in and fill that void. Right. But there's still the desire, okay, when you throw God out, you throw out the fact that he is providing and sustaining planet Earth and that we're going somewhere. So throw him out, and now who? there is nobody out there sustaining planet Earth. We have to. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to throw this in because we go. So now what do we have? We have this green movement. Everybody's freaking out about, about quote, climate change, right, global warming, because humans now have to control everything. So right. we, we have to control planet Earth. The world's chaos. It's, oh, yeah. There's, 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 the, a, there's a randomness. There's this small speck on this you know, universe that any one moment can be destroyed. People are freaking yeah. out about, the, about uh, meteors. Someday, you know, we're lucky right now. Yeah. All the meteors are somehow missing planet Earth. But what, what, what happens when the big one hits us? Yeah. You know? And so people live with this existential fear uh, that the world is out of control and we have to fix it all. Yeah. And now throw this pandemic in, right. okay? And we're seeing the hysteria uh, of, of human beings using this fear to bring about control. Because, because as you pointed out, we want to, we don't like it when things are out of control. Yeah. And we want somebody to fix it. And so one of the counterfeit, you know, saviors, which we'll talk about in weeks to come in more detail, but is the state. You know, yeah. the state's going to come in and fix it. We're going to provide an income for everybody. We're going to provide unity. We're going to save the planet. You know, we're going to we're going to push science, and science is going to solve all of our sickness and disease. And well, I just want to interject. One other tenet of utopianism is, uh, or you know, you take God out of the equation. Since there's no such thing as morality, we get to dictate what is good and what is bad. Right. So by nature, by our own definition, man is good because there's no longer a higher sense of morality. Man is good now. 
I've mentioned this before in this podcast. Your view on the is man inherently good or is there sin their heart? makes a huge difference on how you see the world, how you oh, yeah. see government, how you see policy, how you see totalitarianism, how you see communism, how you see big government. That makes a huge difference. Now, utopianism is saying, hey, man is good in the heart, but it's evil everywhere else. The environment's evil. That's right. So, so, we so got this is control. this whole victim yeah. thing. <clears throat> yeah. Because it's not me. I'm not bad. You're, right. you're not bad. Yeah. It's everybody out there or it's collective groups of people that are mm-hmm. bad, right? The oppressor whole thing. So this whole Marxist ideology comes out of this belief that it's the structures and it's the systems. Right. The economic warfare and Marxism, that, that's the yeah. problem. It's the people that have and the have-nots. Right. It's the capitalist versus versus the, well, the working class, you know. Like I mentioned to you earlier, this to me is the crucial point. If you have this perspective... Uh, of utopianism, the role of government is to indoctrinate us, change us, lead us to this escalator till our final destination, which is, you know, unity, world peace, no more hunger, none of that. But if you have the Christian worldview, which says, you know what, man needs accountability, there's sin in the hearts, it's not this sly waiting for the kingdom of God, God's ushering us Christians to usher in the kingdom, it's a completely different story. Absolutely. The world's kind of, the, the cycle of the world is kind of cyclical. And not this escalator. If you look at the history, you can see which one is more true. But the point is, from that perspective, you see the government. You're saying, hey, government needs accountability. We need to separate the branches. We need to check and balance right. this because we know what's inside the heart of man, which is what's found in the Constitution. That's why America has right. been so successful because the founding fathers saw that true, that nature of man. And he says government needs accountability. So personal responsibility. Personal responsibility, number you know, one. Even, even ju- things like justice. And, you know, why, why is this the radical left progressives? Why do they want to get do away with the police? Mm-hmm. Really, it goes back to this whole notion of, of right and wrong, of morality, personal responsibility, right? Um, who, who gets to define right and wrong? All these kinds of things. So, so you, hit, you hit on a great point. Our nation was founded on the belief of personal sin, personal responsibility, our need for a savior, and government's job was to punish wickedness. In yeah. other words, it was to keep society from disintegrating into chaos and moral chaos, moral anarchy. So the Bible provides the basis for right and wrong. Right. Government is not uh, autonomous. They're not an end, an end of themselves. No, they're people. Yeah. They are accountable to people, but right. the people are accountable to God yeah. and, and the God of the Bible. And so the government's basis for determining right and wrong comes from the scriptures. And I'm responsible. I can't, I don't blame you for my problems. I'm responsible. Uh, I can grow. I can be transformed. I can be a good citizen, but the government's job is, is to, again, to protect my unalienable rights. What, we, what we're finding right now, because of these false liberation theologies and false worldviews, is we're actually, uh, even during this pandemic, there is no, there's no sense of, hey, I'm going to respect your personal views or your personal liberty, or your, you know, if you don't want to do the vaccine, that's fine. I'm going to respect your conscience before yeah. God. Now what we're seeing is a collectivism. Even in America, a globalist push where the state becomes the determining factor of what's good for all of us. And there is a wholesale um, forcing of people not to be individuals, but to have a collectivist mentality of what's best for us all. Now, who determines what's best for us all? The elite. Yep. The elite class does. The state determines what's best for us all. And so right now we have, and this is this cannot be more relevant to what you're watching in the news right now. 
we have wholesale mandates being shoved down people's throats in our military, mm -hmm. in our medical community, uh, and, and local governments, uh, cities like Chicago, local mayors, uh, governors. I mean, there, it, this is an ideological battleground because what's happening is the almighty state under a utopianist vision that the state's going to lead us on the escalator progressively higher, all right? Uh, solve all the world's problems. They're basically saying that you're selfish. How many times have we heard yep. this? Even from Chris, you're yep. being selfish yep. for not being vaccinated. Where is that coming from? <clears throat> it's certainly not a biblical yep. worldview because yep. in a biblical worldview, we value individual rights and freedom of conscience. But now, even in the church, I've seen this. I've seen this mantra even in the church, where we're told, "Hey, love your neighbor." Why are you being selfish? Jesus would be vaccinated. This is Marxist nonsense that comes from a collectivist, globalist worldview that ends up trampling the rights of the individual and rights of conscience, all because the state and some elite power-hungry group is now controlling and pulling all the levers and, and telling you what selfishness is in the first place. Right. It's certainly not a biblical definition. <laughs> and, and this is not the same, this is not the, a novel playbook. No. This has been done over and over again. The state is driving this bus, okay? The elites, the highly educated, the wealthy, the social media content, the social media creators, they're driving this bus down this inevitable place of progress. That's best for somebody. Right. And you, but who determines progress who determines, and so, who determines the right. best route and who determines who gets to drive the bus? Right. And, and once they determine this is the path, you don't jump on the bus. Then it's not just like, well, you know what? Uh, they're not jumping on the bus. It becomes a moral imperative. It becomes evil and sin. You become the sin. You become the evil that they're that the chaos that they cannot control. Yep. And you become to, to be eradicated. Not to be taught or, or evangelized or, or, or communicated, but to be destroyed. I mean, again, I'm talking about history. This is oh, what yeah. happened historically. Yeah, this over is not and over a new again. playbook. No. There's, there's two impulses. Yeah. There's really only two options when you reject God and you reject providence and you embrace this, this escalator myth of, of human progress. You're either going to have a fascist system like, like an Adolf Hitler uh, uh, socialist, uh, state socialism, where a, an individual rises to power and becomes a dictator. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to have a collectivist movement like Marxism or communism where everything is, you know, in communism, nobody, you know, it's, it's the old idea that the, t the tallest nail gets smashed, you know. Nobody goes against the state. What's good for the people is what the state says is good yeah. for the people. And if you go against that, you get squashed. And so you're either going to have a fascist or a communist ending uh, which both of them, as we've seen, lead to dystopian uh, cultures where m literally millions of people are slaughtered. Um, that's what we're seeing right now in America, and that's really the battle between freedom, genuine freedom, and this collectivist, state-led, elite-governed, uh, policy-driven, one-size-fits-all type of government where literally individual liberties get squashed. And, and we saw this with the church, you know, especially I'm thinking of this, this pastor up in Canada who simply said, no, we're going to be the church. And, and the government showed up to shut him down. They pulled him over on the highway for having church. They arrested him. Uh, and, and he is doing jail time now. And his crime was simply... Um, for being the church, preaching the gospel and going. And here's the problem, though. He went against the arm of the state 
And, and I think this is an important point, you know, because all that impedes the revolution, all that stops the propaganda is the church and the family and God's people who are reading a different script. Yeah. And the problem is if you're going off of that different script, you will be canceled. You will be punished. You will be shut down. You'll be stopped because you're you're going against the the good of everybody. That's how it's played out, and that's what we talk about the the different narratives. Yeah. People can throw all kind of things at you within their narrative. That sure makes sense, and they've been listening to this narrative all day long. That's why mainstream media is preaching this narrative all day long. Mainstream media is, is totally in league with this escalator myth. I mean, not, movies, TVs. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna hit on some. I was talking about a lot of yeah. science fiction. You know, I know I, I watch science fiction. I like science fiction. I'm not saying you need to toss everything out. There's some good stuff in it. But like the whole Star Trek, it's a utopian ideology. Is that one day the world would discover there are other worlds out there, so the the Earth unites. And based on science and empathy and all that stuff, there's utopia within Earth. It's the cosmos, <laughs> the, unites. Co- the cosmos united. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, through science, through cooperation, higher consciousness, whatever yep. that means. Yep. We become better people. We're more moral than we ever before, dictated by whatever morality is. Of course, that's a science fiction. Exactly. That's a science fiction. But underlining all of this, I was watching... Um, I'm, I'm going to hit on some of the, <laughs> <laughs> the sacred cows. I was watching uh, Disney's... Um, um, uh, Raya the Last Dragon. Okay, And I was watching with my kids. Again, I mean, in itself, it's a cute movie, whatever. But the me- underlying message is, oh, we used to be unified. That we got to return to the state of unity. Oneness. Oneness. And when we're unified, we're all good. And then there's utopia. The end of every Disney movie is, is basically utopia being ushered in. You know, and, and what's dividing us is not that there's evil in our heart. It's because of misunderstanding, a lack of trust, sure. and all these different things. I mean, there's some good nuggets in there. I'm so, not really— So here's where we get yeah. to the problem. Okay, so, Wow. Wouldn't it be great if we could all be one and live happily ever after? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? One one world, right? Yeah. Globalism, utopianism. Okay, but how do we get there? And every single movement of uh, utopianistic ideology recognizes that you cannot get to that place without a coercive uh power-hungry right. government that simply says we will force all dissent to come under. Uh, and this is what you see. It, it, now, notice it's all done for the good, right? Yeah. It's for your good. Yeah. You know, so, your good, right? so why are we going to fire all these employees right now who are healthy? <laughs> right. Why are we going to fire you? Because you're part of the problem. You are independent in your thinking. You're not buying into the narrative. So we're going to cancel you, fire you, right. destroy you. Uh, and this is all for your good. Like, just take the vaccine. It's for your good. And right. I, have you noticed, too, like, I'm watching, you know, sports events, football games. All these ridiculous commercials, it's propaganda. All these doctors, get the vaccine. I'm a doctor, I'm the expert, get the vaccine. Uh, let's dispel these myths, get the vaccine. Care for your neighbor. I, I mean, it's like a 19, you know, that 1984 George Orwell novel, you know, yeah, um, yeah. where, where there's just mind control everywhere. And if you, you know, like for us at church, 
if we're going to have church, oh, we're going to become a super spreader. You're going to you're, you're going to be the reason your community and all these innocent people die. It, 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 this is all the propaganda, you know, propaganda uh, script that they're reading from. And if you go against that, watch out. You, you know, you you lose your job, you lose your income, you're going to lose. Well, your you'll benefits, get canceled immediately. You oh, go, yeah, you'll be attacked. Just say anything out of the means. There, there are certain hot topics. I watch some YouTube videos and I, I listen to some conservative talking heads. And to stay monetized, there are certain things they they will even say, "Hey, the country that should not be named, or the the disease that should not be named." There is literally a guideline, probably. I, I'm not a YouTube creator sure. that says these are things you don't you don't talk about election integrity, you don't talk about election fraud, you don't talk about COVID, you don't talk about the vaccine. There's certain things you just cannot talk about under the guise of community standards. But again, like just using your basic understanding, talking about those things, just talking about it, is not overtly harmful anyway. It's just free share of ideas, right? Yeah, and this is what our yeah. country was founded on. And what I want people to understand is yeah. this did not come out of a vacuum. These ideas all, ideas all come from somewhere. Yeah. And either they come from God or they come from 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 the demonic realm. They come from Satan. Either, either ideas are rooted in truth or they're lies. And the idea that we would have the freedom to, to speak and to disagree and have genuine uh, Christian tolerance for a difference of right. opinion. This is what leads to free societies. When you cannot say that you think, for instance, like like we shared last episode, that, that somebody that has had transgender surgery, maybe they were a man and now they think they're a woman. If you call that person now a man, I'm guilty of a hate crime, you know, and and I'm I'm silenced, I'm vilified, I'm attacked, um, not in logical kind of discourse, but I'm names attached to me. I'm a bigot. I'm I'm a racist. I'm a homophobe. I'm whatever. This is this is an attack on our liberties and on freedom when you cannot even express a differing viewpoint, and that's exactly where these. Where these false ideologies, this escalator myth of, of continual progress is driven by humans, broken, fallen, right. selfish humans, it always ends in the trampling of liberty. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Well, at the end of all of this, at the, at the, at the, I wouldn't even say the end, in the middle of all these different types of regimes and transformational escalator, there's always huge hypocrisy. You start oh, right. out by saying, I'm going to build tolerance. You end up destroying tolerance. You start by saying, "Hey, I want to build wealth, wealth equality. I want to. And, we're going to create justice. We're going to create justice for everybody, except you Christians. You yeah, trample don't agree justice. With us. You want to build a wealth equality. Eventually, there's the crazy elite. It's uh, just like these communist regimes, crazy elite wealthy, and then the people starving to death. Absolutely. There is, because of human effort to try to usher utopia, you have blind spots, you deal with human nature, you deal with selfishness, you deal with uh, lack of uh, integrity, and, 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 and without accountability, without morality, it just falls apart. It's the same script over so and over again. So ask the question, who, who gives the right to script? Yeah. Well... We do. Well, who's the we? Well, us, because we're like smarter than you. We're smart. We went we, to Ivy League college. We know yeah. more than you. Yeah, uh, we have a bigger uh, microphone. We're, we're scientists. How many times have we heard this? You know, when you speak out against the vaccine, oh, look at you, you smarty pants. You know, you know better than the experts. Well, we're not hearing all the experts. We're only hearing a select group of experts <laughs> who have one opinion. So once again, if there's no, uh, there's no, uh, uh, appeal to an authority that's higher than us. Yeah. Then it's just human beings slugging it out, and somebody. And this gets back to the power struggle. Whoever has the most power uh, will will be in charge. 
And that means the powerless, again, are the ones that, that get trampled on. Well, um, let's, let's touch on let's touch on globalism real quick. How this, why We've been talking about globalism. What does that look like? Well, well, yeah, because here's the idea. If, if there is no God, then it's up to humans to save the planet. And why do we have, again, why do we have an open border? Because globalists believe we should all be able to come and go. There should be no boundary lines. Boundary lines are bad. Yeah. Uh, nations are bad. Um, individual government, like looking out, you know, for America, that's bad. We should be citizens of the global community. Right. And this is this whole utopian myth that we need to get a, do away with our borders. We're all one one race, the human race. And this push toward the United Nations and international treaties and all of these things that basically deny national sovereignty. <coughs> this is all rooted in a humanistic, godless worldview that believes we all need to be part well, of a, a global I'll take that to, the, to even more extreme. You want to take out the borders of nations. How about take out the borders of families? So no longer is the, the traditional family unit, mom and the dad and the kids, that's being broken down, that's being attacked, uh, oh, yeah. maybe subtly in the United States, but maybe very overtly in other nations, you know? And this is the government's kids, what, not your what kids. What is the current balance or, or uh, conflict right now at our school boards? Just what you're talking yeah. about. Who do these children belong to? Right. And there are progressives who say, you know what? When kids go to public school, they are wards of the state. And our job is not to teach them how to read and write. Our job is to teach them how to be new global citizens. Yeah. Right? I mean, and so we're getting all kinds of perverted oh, ideologies that are, because at the end of the day, we're saying, hey, who do you think you are to be giving my kid a vaccine without my permission? Right. Who do you think you are to be teaching my kids this perverted ideology <coughs> without my permission? And then you got these elite, you know, school board folks or superintendents saying, who do you think you are? We're the experts. We're, we're the educational experts. Yeah. We're going to teach your kids what, what we believe is best to teach. So it's important for us to recognize at the root of all of this is this utopian escalator myth. And they're driving with religious zealot down the bus, down this, down this avenue. And unlike Christian tolerance and Christian love, which we should be demonstrated in, by the kingdom of God, they said, nope, you're either on this bus or we're going to force you. Absolutely. And that's basically, and again, that, I'm not saying everyone is doing that, but that's the trend that's happening right now, largely in many other nations. In, 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 in many States. other nations, it's already a, there's already a false ideology of redemption established. Let's, let's make it clear. Islam is an ideology of redemption. Yep. They have a global view for global takeover under Sharia law. Communism is a false ideology of redemption. Uh, the problem is economic. Uh, right, we're going to have uh, a classless society, et cetera, et cetera. What we're dealing with in America right now is not Marxism through an economic lens. Um, it's Marxism through the oppressor, oppressive, uh, 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 the oppressive Marxism, yeah, yeah, societal yeah. Marxism. Yeah. But it's the it's the oppressors against those who are being oppressed. Right. It's victimhood. So we have a thousand different isms in America: racism, sexism, uh, transphobia, uh, all, all these kinds of stuff. <laughs> and everybody's the, the either the the victim or the vic, uh, or the one yeah. being oppressed. You know. Yeah, traditional Marxism, for those who don't understand, is it's it's a proletariat. It's interesting. I think about the, like the French Revolution. Mm -hmm. You know, it started out with you know the rich and they're intolerant and they're oppressive, and then they flip the script and then they start killing and murdering all yeah. that stuff. Again, whatever they were doing done unto, they do now to unto them. You know, and the same thing with this isn't because it's the Marxism idea, Marxism revolutions. Yeah. The idea is there's no mercy. 
there's no justice. Um, it's just do unto them, destroy them. So same thing of uh, pressing, you know, you were the press. Now you turn around and press them, you know? Exactly. It, it, it flips the script but never solves the problem. It never solves the problem. Uh, it's just who, who gets who gets the new label of the oppressor. Yeah, and this is not going anywhere. Exactly. And victimhood doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't lead anywhere. It just goes in a cycle. But but if you just take the little clip of that, from your perspective, you might feel like this is a little more progressive. Hence the progressivism. But progressivism itself without Christ is a huge, huge lie. And that's well, what we got to understand. And this is maybe a good place to stop this podcast today. You know, here's the issue. It is... It, for prideful, self-centered, narcissistic human beings who think they're in charge and they can fix everything. When you read what the Bible says, that there's only one Redeemer, his name is Jesus, that true justice, uh, true healing, the fullness of the healing and dealing with the sin problem is not going to happen until Christ returns. There's not going to be a perfect kingdom. There's not going to be a perfect planet. There's not going to be perfect unity apart from Jesus. Uh, human beings, prideful human beings, don't like that answer. Yep. And so this is where, you know, we're going to fix it. it. It goes all the way back to the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, can human beings figure it out by ourselves? Can we solve these problems? Uh, can we eradicate the suffering on planet Earth? Um, you know, again, prideful, arrogant humans love to say, yes, we can. And we don't need, you know, we don't need God to do it. Yeah. Um, we can do it ourselves. We don't need Jesus. Uh, we can handle it ourselves. And we certainly don't need you Christians with your with your outdated ideas about sin and about personal responsibility and about God and about heaven and about hell. We don't we don't need your in fact you're part of the problem. Um, and your your view, your outdated views we don't need. We're we're progressing to higher levels and we've done away with God uh, a long time ago and we're gonna fix things by ourselves. That that is a scary scenario. Uh, like we said, we can understand the impulse to want to alleviate human suffering and pain. And we should. Christians have been at the forefront of that. But you have to have a balanced perspective and realize there's only so much we're going to be able to do before Christ returns because of sin and wickedness. Yeah, and I think, to me, one of the, the you look at historically, well, when you have selfish, well, I don't even know they know they're selfish. You have independent men and women who says, you know what, there's no God. I am God. That is the ultimate conclusion of what they would go. Because they cannot deny the, the need for redemption, the need to fix problem, the need to be in control, the need to feel secure, uh, the need for some type of vision and progress, right? Yep. When you take Christ out of that vacuum, um, this escalator myth, myth is gonna fulfill that vacuum, whatever it is. You know, so going back to that movie I was watching with my kids. So after they watched the, the, this whole idea of all well, unified at the end, this happy ending, I, I had to explain to my kids. I had to talk to them. I said, hey, you know what? Isn't that nice that everyone's together? Isn't that nice everyone's united? But I want to make this very clear. It doesn't happen. We have to explain to our kids now because even at a young age, they are ingrained with the escalator myth. Well, and we I, shared this. Every Disney movie, every movie period, but, you know, Disney's going after our kids. Every one of those movies has a religious worldview that's preaching to our children, yeah, like you said. They're underlying with these really, you know, good unity and trust and all this stuff. I, I'm not going to throw that under the bus. That's good. But I tell my kids, I say, look, the only person who can truly unite everyone, the only person which this happy ending can happen is through Christ and through his kingdom. You know, when we, do, when we evangelize. We're not even depending on our power to change on people's heart. Right, right. See, this is the difference. Yeah, it's not like I'm going to go out and I'm, save man, the world. I'm going to save the world. No, I, I've tried that. Yeah. And we try to do ministry <laughs> on our own strength. I think this is a distinctive factor. You know, 
the Holy Spirit has to move in someone else's heart. So at the heart of evangelism, at the heart of the kingdom, the growth, the expanding of the kingdom, when Jesus says, hey, go make the disciples of all nations, at the heart of all that is a sense of, I can't do it. I need to trust the supernatural Amen. to work. You know, the, the whole passage there about when I am weak, then, then I'm able for the power of God to be Amen. demonstrated Amen. through my life. It, it's, an, it's an admission that we're weak. We can't do it. We need a Savior. That's the starting point for transformation on planet Earth is, is out of human weakness, not out of human strength. Now that I can do it, I'm going to coerce you. If you won't do it, if you won't believe, then I'm going to, you know. No, no I'm going to I'm gonna shoot at another so, sacred cow. Yeah. <laughs> My kids can't believe it. I'm not into all the Marvel movies and all this kind of stuff. And I, and I always say to them. What's the script? Like, what's what is the theme? What what's the movie about? Uh, you know, why should I be excited about all this stuff blowing up and punching and killing and you know all this great? Why? What gets me excited? Well, they're saving the world, and I'm saying exactly, they're saving the I'm world. I'm a real savior. Save the totally. world for what? Yeah. Like, why is the world even worth saving? Yeah. Apart from a Christian worldview, which which infuses planet Earth with value and meaning and purpose and gives us hope for an amazing future. Well, in, in all these movies, <laughs> the villains are always very clear, right? Or pretty clear. But in reality, in real life, we realize that the, the, the true villain is much more subtle. And there's nuggets of truth in all these different places. This is good. Right? So the line between the bad guy and the and the, yeah. the counterfeit savior is really it's a so, false line. It, 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 you know, and the, the nuances... It's, it's what tricks so many churches and so many Christians to co-op into the escalator myth because they say, wow, yeah, we want progress. Because many people just haven't seen the kingdom of God at work. Yeah. Jesus that came to usher in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is among us right now. He yeah. said that. Yeah. It's among us right now. We're supposed to be ambassadors. But when you don't live in that, when the, your pastors don't teach about that, when you don't encourage to go out and live in the kingdom of God, you're looking for that anywhere. Yeah. And even though you're a Christian, you've been given the mandate yeah. to restore the kingdom. And to expand his kingdom while waiting for Jesus, instead of hiding, this is what you've been preaching. Instead of hiding in your in your in your, in your bunker closet, and waiting yeah. for Jesus to come back, we've been commissioned to go and be carriers of his kingdom, expand his kingdom through and, the Holy Spirit. And the church, again, is not the same as the kingdom, but the church demonstrates the kingdom. In other words, when people come to our gathering as God's God's redeemed people, we're not perfect, we haven't arrived. But we have an understanding of providence. We understand where we came from. Yeah. We understand where we're going. We understand the biblical definitions of love and justice and unity. And we should be modeling this. Well, that's what I'm saying. All the things that people are looking world. for. Yeah. All, the, all the look for trust, the look for unity, the look for uh, love healing. and compassion, healing, restoration, and restoration true love, yeah. not force, compelled. It should be found in the kingdom of God. Yes. And when we don't demonstrate the kingdom of God... Yeah. When we live in our little silos and our own Christian silos and selfishness and whatever, we're just we're giving or space when, to alternatives. Or when the woke church adapts the world's definitions of justice and yeah. love, and we try to be like them, then we're not helping we're, at all. We're we, losing. We've our lost our distinctiveness and our yeah. hope. The birthright that God's given us for yeah. His kingdom, and I think the Lord agrees on that. And so I think one of the best solutions to all of this is we need to learn what the kingdom got the, the precious treasure that we've been given by Christ, the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then we need to walk that out in a very real place. So when people come, they're like, well, I know there's this narrative out there for that little, you, they don't call it utopian because they're very subtle with this message. Right. But when they see the true kingdom, they realize nothing can compare. Amen. This is why I love what you said about the subtleness and the nuance. They, the world takes our terms. Like justice, that's a biblical term. Yeah. You know, Jesus is the king of righteousness, king of justice. Love. 
Love is a biblical term. Um, equality, unity, all these things that the world, these labels that the world talks about, these are biblical terms that the world redefines. And so the confusion comes in, they take our language, and yeah. we think we're talking the same language, yep. but we're not talking the same language, uh, and especially when it comes to salvation and redemption. So um, I hope this has been helpful to you today. We're going to get into uh, this in more detail in the weeks ahead because there's so much to talk about. But for instance, the vaccine, the craziness of all these vaccine mandates, this one-size-fits-all solution, the appeal to experts, the cancel culture, um, the, the uh, burn the system down, uh, the anti, the hatred towards you know, capitalism, all of this comes from false liberation ideologies, the, the, the promotion of a globalistic view, borderless society, the crisis we're experiencing on our south border, the, the, the immigration crisis. The, these are things that are like, what is going on? It doesn't even make sense no. because it's literally a completely different religion, a completely different ideology that, that is being pushed upon America right now. Uh, and I hope this helps you understand the underpinnings of this so that you can attack these ideas. Because that's what it is. We're not attacking people. We're attacking really, really bad ideas that if they're put into place, destroy people. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen this, as Pastor Andrew mentioned, historically over and over and over. This is not new. This is actually old, but it's under some new new clothing, all right? It's being wrapped and dressed in some new clothing, but no. the ideas are not new at all. Yeah, and they're hyperdrive right now through social media and through all the news and the mainstream media. And yeah, the, so you see more rapid transformation right. uh, happening than ever before in history because right. of the technology that we have. Right, and and I, I guess from my heart, the burden is for the, the people who say they believe in the Scripture and the Bible to truly understand, don't get co-opted into this fake sense of utopia there's yeah. a real kingdom of god and it's so much more precious amen and i just want to say this too even as the enemy uses the 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 social media and the the, the way that news travels globally so quickly right now how you know that's a that's a resource we have to equally use uh, and we need to use it as much as we can because even on that we're getting canceled and this is why again christian entrepreneurs christian visionaries christian uh social you know influencers all of this is so important uh that we take advantage of the technology that is neutral and use it for the kingdom of god so we hope this has been helpful uh share this with others that you uh, would think would benefit from it and as as we say every week this comes out on thursday so until next thursday uh we hope that this has been helpful have an amazing week let's go shine for the glory of God and let's be agents of redemption and point people to the only source of true redemption and that's Jesus Christ. Have a great week. We look forward to seeing you next time.